This episode is all about gaining your fulfillment back after selling your company. Pretty unique experience, right? Got a boatload of cash, you're doing well, but you're not the guy anymore, right? You're not the CEO or the founder. You are at home with nothing on your calendar, trying to figure out what to do and how to feel really fulfilled again. I've got a repeat guest back on. We had just an awesome time just chatting. And yeah, take a listen in. Welcome back to After the Exit. It was funny. We're just about to walk upstairs, but we were talking about the escalation of life. Just, I think, to be more direct, the expenses that we were paying. Because we, since we were renting a house, it was like 6500 And coming from Chicago, I don't think I had ever paid more than like... 2000, you know, and yeah, and even thinking before that, I think that was a lot. That was a lot, yeah, exactly. You start stretching and then you come into money, and then it kind of skews everything, right? It's easy to go up, it's, it's easy, easy to, go up. to go up, yeah, it's pretty crazy. And now, even thinking that we moved into this house that we bought here, going back to 6,500, I'd be like, wow, this is a steal, this is great. I know, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think about so we're renting right now, and I was thinking we're paying a lot, we're paying like over 17 grand a month. And it's like, what if we just got a $10,000 a month, but which is still a ton of money, right? Yeah. It's like, we would save it a lot. And I don't know what we would do with that, but. Is everybody who rents a place in that area sold something or are there also like high income earners? Just- this area is crazy. I mean, it's so expensive. I don't know how there's so many people who can afford that, right? It's like, everyone kind of has to sell a tech company to buy a house. I mean, let's rent, say there's, right? A hundred houses like that. I guess a hundred's not that many to find people, especially in Los Angeles. It's like a New York City. It's a high value type of city. Well, I think there's more than a hundred. I think it's probably a thousand. A thousand of high end rentals? Yeah, those homes. Yeah. Oh, rentals. Rentals. Yeah, you're probably right in the area. Probably a hundred for rent. Yeah. But yeah, I think you're, yeah, you sold the tech company or, yeah, actually my neighbor was renting. They run a big tech company that's worth like a billion dollars. You know, I sold a tech company, I guess. Yeah. Or like you're a high, you're, you're like a, <laughs> or a you crazy just, doctor or crazy lawyer. That's yeah. like, making, but even a doctor lawyer, like how much is a, okay. Yeah. Maybe a lawyer I've seen though, if they're running their own practice or things that the, yeah. you know, a big partner, they could do pretty well. Yeah. I, mean, I guess we, if you're a doctor and you're running a practice too, it may be similar. I don't know. Right. I mean, we're in LA, right? So if you're like a doctor to the stars or whatever, like you, you can, there's big time, right? You go to Beverly Hills and it's like. There's some doctors that are like making a lot of money, right? Or even dentists or whatever, right? Somewhere else where they're making like not as much here. Yeah. Like some of the best I think are making a lot of money. It's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Have you noticed anything else that's expanded other than house expenses in your life of your spending? Travel. We've definitely been traveling a lot more and we will splurge for business class. Yes. But like for the long haul flights. So I think, you know, those are the biggest things. Business or because there's like four levels now in international flights. There's economy, premium economy, business first. Yeah. Although I think some of the carriers are getting rid of first because I think they found like most will do business. So I'm we do business first. There's, in my mind, marginal benefit, right? You get a little better service, a little better food, whatever. Mm-hmm. But for me, I think in my family, the biggest thing is like, can you lie down flat and actually <laughs> get a good night's sleep? So yeah. you could do that in business. So you don't need to like spend the crazy amount more for first to get caviar or whatever on an airplane, right? <laughs> Where did you guys go last that was on business? We went to New Jersey, we went, went business. Normally we wouldn't do business for like a f- 
flight that's like five hours or whatever, but mm-hmm. we took the red eye. So I was like, if we're doing a red eye, we oh, want to okay. like be able to lie down and actually sleep. But I've done it once, the lie down. We did it when, so my wife's in healthcare, when she got all of her vaccines and everything, we were like, all right, like we feel comfortable to go around. So all the flights were really cheap and there's nobody on the planes. Yeah. And we went to Costa Rica and uh, we took JetBlue Mint. And there's like the pods and stuff. I like kind of sitting next to her and like, you know, the pods are, you're yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, to lay down, it was pretty dope. How long, I forget, how, how long of a flight is that? Not that long, maybe five hours or something to Liberia. Got it. So it wasn't like, you might not have slept on that plane. No, no it was right, like yeah. the experience. And yeah. I'm sure the because it was the first time there's like, you know, push the button, lay all the way down, yeah. like push it's it, go awesome. all the way back yeah. up. yeah. <laughs> You want to make sure I have all the meals? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's awesome. It is pretty cool. I just got to watch out not to have my children get too bougie where they're like expecting it all the time or whatever. It's fair. Yeah, you got to, you're going to have to go and coach too, a couple long haul flights. Yeah. Maybe exit row so you get some some room on here. (laughs) Exactly. I had a couple topics. Let me pull up my notes here. Okay, so it's been interesting I'm about almost two years into post-exit, still at the company. You're, I think it was the same time. Same time. So about two years and one year of not working at all. Okay. So this is good perspective. First of all, before we get into what I was going to go into, like what's that been like of, there's a couple stages there of sell, sell and work there. Mm-hmm. sell and not work there and just totally on your own now and like board yeah. member i'm sure yeah so you want to know like how i felt in different stages yeah you know selling and continuing to work there was it definitely felt like less of a change right because it was like still status quo still working there obviously a lot of internal changes at the company but other than that i was still working i was still going to, to work every day yeah. you know nothing in that regard changed much we didn't make any huge changes. Like we stayed, we were living in a condo. We stayed in the condo, didn't buy anything lavish or new really. So it kind of felt like nothing much changed <laughs> <laughs> initially anyway. Except check it, except logging into your chase or whatever. Yeah, exa- exactly. Except logging into the bank account, which actually, yeah, I have a question for you. I kind of felt like, did you ever get imposter syndrome for like being rich? Like I kind of feel like, like sometimes I'm like, like I'm rich, but I don't know how to be rich. Did you ever have that? Or I no? get that around other people that I know have a lot. I'll be like super quiet and like, so some of the people that I looked up to before that I'd either work for or, you know, at different PU firms or whatever, I'll talk to them. But it's cool because I think they more so treat me as an equal, but I'm not, I don't yeah. feel necessarily like that. And maybe that just takes time. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I definitely felt that. And even like, I feel like there's some rich club that I'm not a part of. Like, I feel like I'm still on the outside, right? Like, like now I have money, but I'm, <laughs> I'm still kind of on the outside of it. I don't know. What is it? Who, the country club? No. I mean, like, I feel like who's the person who's doing like making it so I pay zero in taxes every year, right? Like, yeah, like, yeah. You hear about all these things like, oh, rich people pay zero in tax. I'm paying taxes. Where's my help that like gets me to zero taxes or whatever? Right? I have felt there are <laughs> a lot of circles of... Like you have to find the circles of information mm-hmm. and what people, for example, I went to dinner with these other, like six other people that had sold businesses mm-hmm. way bigger, like five, six times the size yeah. of ours. And 
like acronyms and things I had never even heard of, of things that they were doing and like different people that they knew about, but everything's hush hush. There's no, nothing's documented anywhere. And they don't want it to be right. Because then it just, it gets too big. It gets attention. But then how do those people get in is the question, right? Like if, you know, you make wealth, but you still feel like you're outside and you're not in those circles, right? Dude, I think it's literally like a bar that you need a code word to get into. <laughs> Kevin Hart had this one good interview that I always remember. And he was like, when I first started to make it into Hollywood, I got a chance to look behind the curtain and just been like, he's like, oh, so this is what you're doing. Oh, so you do it yourself. You finance this yourself and that's how you do that. Oh, so this is how I get into being able to do this. And I think it's the same exact thing where it's just collecting little tidbits. Like there's no one person that has yeah. all the info. It's little tidbits. And the other thing that's interesting to realize is I talked to this one guy, probably nine figures plus, but he's figuring it out. Right. Like he has a mentor that's 10X him and he's asking questions about, you know, life fulfillment and all these other things yeah. and trying to allocate like what time and, and shifting his priorities and kids and family. And I was asking him, I was like, well, how do you help not make kids spoiled, especially mm-hmm. that you're, you know, flying private and doing all these other things. And he's like, I'm honestly trying to figure that out, but like, you know, I'm trying to make the balance of, I want my convenience, but not spoil them. So I'm just trying to surround them with good people. And yeah, I don't know. That was a little bit humbling to realize. Yeah. But so do you feel like over the two years you've started to pull those little tidbits? Are you starting to peek behind the curtain at all? I feel like I, f- I feel still like so much little, behind it. I, oh, I feel like there's tons, there's yeah. tons, but I do feel like I have started to realize certain things. Like for example, I started to realize that there isn't one way of investing. Mm. The more that you talk to people about what they invest in, the more it feels like you just confuse yourself because people will do, oh, I'm 50% municipal bonds and the other 50%, I'm basically gambling in in private equity. I'm 90% equities with a financial advisor because I don't control or like I can't necessarily control myself. I need that help. I talked to this other guy. He's like bought a beautiful condo in New York, lives in another city. And he was looking for an advisor just to like handhold him. But if you go online and you look in Fatfire or whatever, they hate financial advisors. And they're like, why would you pay, you know, whatever percent? There isn't just like one thing that everybody's doing. Right. Yeah, for sure. But there is, I will say, there is certain access that you get when you have certain amount of funds. There are investments that you get access to that regular people don't get access to. For sure. There is concierge type services let alone like, and it's me- not, like medical concierge medical or, concierge yeah, yeah. i think let alone the stigma and it's not like you're you're out there saying like oh i have this but the stigma of if they know about it or you're in that circle you're almost auto accepted and it's kind of a weird thing because it's like wait before like i'd be asking you for your time and stuff and yeah you give it sometimes but i could tell it's like you know whatever we move on yeah. But now you're you're like you're part of the cool You can get access. The cool kids. You cross the bar to get access. Right. Yeah. Has there anything behind the curtain you've learned about? I mean, yeah. I mean, I think I'm slowly, but I still feel like there's just a ton. You know, I still feel sometimes I'm like an outsider. Yeah. 
I mean, I was like, I, you know, I, I was mentioning earlier, I, I talked to a wealth management firm today about helping me with a mortgage and they're talking about all this tax efficient stuff. And they're like, you should be doing this and this. And I'm like, either they're playing like three dimensional chess and they really know and, and they're schooling me or they're going to scam me. I, I don't know. Right. Right. But, but yeah, I think, you know, I'm slowly learning tidbits here and there, but I don't feel like, you know, everything's been opened up and I'm like, oh, now I kind of see everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no one playbook. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's little chapters everywhere. The mortgage thing was another one that I felt like I was looking behind the curtain of. Yeah. Being advised to look at longer term interest only arms because that gets around the 750K lending limit deduction right. on your interest and you can 100% deduct that money that you pull out that you use for an interest-only arm if you invest that money into 100% taxable like corporate bond type yep. stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. And they one. were like, yeah, yeah, like everybody does this. I was like, everybody does. I thought it was 30-year fix. That's just what you do. That's what you're raised to, right. to think about. But Yeah, that's a good one. I'm trying to think about other things. One thing I thought was cool was if you're going to donate money, right? Donate stock that has appreciated. So you don't pay the taxes on the appreciation, right? So you're like, you're going to donate whatever, 50K. Why not take stock that's appreciated so you don't pay the taxes on that appreciation and you're donating the same amount basically. Mm -hmm. So something like that is is cool. I think there's a lot in tax efficiency world. Yeah. And that could be a deep, dark rabbit hole of, of stuff. There's a lot there. Well, yeah, I did learn about how to get around, you know, state taxes by doing certain things. There's some crazy stuff you have to do, but you have to be willing to go the distance and, and yes. like, you the know, Montana nothing is free. Cars. Yeah. Yeah. It's not free. You know, it's like, yeah, you could save on this, but, but there's a cost to doing it. And yeah, there's, you know, do you want to go down the rabbit hole and go through all the, the hurdles to make it happen or not? Is it worth it? Right. Right. And some things might be, but other things like that I found out where it's like, no, that's not, not worth it for me. Or I don't want to move to Puerto Rico, you know, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that is, that yeah. is a significant move. Yeah. We were in Amalfi for a vacation and these boats out there, I was telling you earlier, it's just these, they call them super yachts. I don't know what, what's the definition between yacht and super yacht. I think it, it, maybe it's floor. Maybe it's not length, but it's like floors. <laughs> yeah. Like if you have an elevator with three floors, you're a super yacht. Super yacht yeah. territory. <laughs> if you have a helipad in the front, you're super definitely yacht a super territory. yacht. Yeah. <laughs> but they were saying 90% of them are chartered. And if you notice the flag, he's like, see the flag? It looks, it, it's kind of looks British, but it's not. That is the Cayman Islands flag. Mm. And they're headquartered all there. And then they sail out from there. But he's like, that's like the tax haven for a lot of these people. That, God. And they're, I'm t it looked like regular boats in a sea because there were so many of them. I swear there must have been 30, 40 of these 300 to $500 million yachts. And he was saying these things cost about 200 to 300,000 euros a week to rent. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I was just like the level of, I mean, again, if you have a helipad, that's, that's a, a super serious yacht. But change. here's my question to you. If you wanted to do that and have it in the in the Cayman Islands, like, do you know the person to go to? Like, are you in the inn where you're I'm like, that, hey, I want a super yacht curtain. and I want it in the Cayman Islands and I want it tax efficient. Who's going to yeah. help you with that? I don't even know where to start. I mean, I did do some Googling. My guess is it's like a residency thing or you need to you know, actually live there a certain yeah. amount and move assets or whatever, but wild. Okay, so one thing that... I had been thinking more about is 
where does fulfillment come from after selling? Super interested to hear what you have to think about that. And like, it feels that there's stages and I don't think I'm a hundred percent through the stages. I think I'm maybe on like three of four or three of five. Yeah. I mean, I agree. There are stages. It's kind of like, uh, you know, there's stages of grief, right? Like accept, denial, acceptance, whatever, right? There's, there's some stages like that for, you know, you sell a company, you have life-changing money. Now, what are you doing in life, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I think for me, it really changed when I stopped working. That was the real change. And at first I'm like, you know, obviously it's amazing. Everything's great. You know, like glee, right? That was like the first stage. You look at your calendar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which was like amazing. And then it's like, you know, then there was a period where it was like, what am I doing with my life? Like, and that hasn't gone away, I would say, but, but there was a period where I was more focused on that or, or whatever. But I think, you know, for me right now, I'm still in a transition. Uh, you know, I definitely haven't figured it out, but I think you're definitely connecting with people a lot more has been something that, you know, has helped me find fulfillment in like having connections or certain friends I hang out with certain days of the week that we mm-hmm. have, you know, standing lunches or golf or whatever. And, you know, that's, that's definitely cool, especially since, you know, building a business, you know, I sacrificed a lot of relationships and stuff because it's just like so focused on the business and other things that kind of went by the wayside. But I think connections is a big one. And then, yeah, I mean, I, I struggle with like, you know, can I just have fun the rest of my life? Is that okay? Like at the end of my life, we'll be like, yeah, I had fun. That was great. Or do I need some more meaning or fulfillment in, in some other aspect? I think I've come to the realization for me personally making money for myself again or building something for myself that doesn't have meaning beyond the money is probably not for me. And so wait, that does or does not have meaning beyond you said it doesn't have meaning beyond just making money. Got it. Like building an app that's just going to generate cash, whatever. Right. right? There has to be some more meaning behind it where there's some kind of impact, either, you know, helping people in some way or something like that. And I've been thinking a lot about that. And then also helping other people. You know, I really like the saying, you know, win and help win. You know, Balaji, he kind of coined that. So basically, like, you know, I won. I did well. I created my company. And, like, helping others, like, I've been mentoring and helping other people hopefully have their companies do really well. And, you know, I find meaning in that. But I think all of these things that I'm finding out is there's a purpose beyond just making money in them that, you know, that brings me fulfillment, I think. What was your, so when you stopped working, did you immediately have all this stuff lined up or was there a period of figuring that out or what was the steps Yeah, it was definitely a a period of figuring it out. You know, I had nothing lined up. I had no agenda. I had a list of like, you know, when I retire, here's all the things I want to do, right? And some things I figured out I I like more than others and, you know, some of it I still haven't done, right? I mean, like, go to the beach, read more, try surfing lessons, try, you know, like just a bunch of different stuff, go on hikes or like all these different things. Yeah. You know, some of them I've definitely checked off and done, done some of the things others I haven't, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I've, I've, I've never been a big reader. I was like, read more, you know, I have so many books. I'm like, I'm going to retire and read a ton. And I've like read none of them. And I'm like, (laughs) I have like no desire to pick up a book and read. I mean, I buy so many more books than I've read. Yeah, exactly. My book, my book collection, it's like, you know, I've read 5% of my book collection or something. Yeah. So when we moved, they threw out so many. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's one thing. I don't think I'll ever be a super avid reader. It's just never been my thing, 
but that was on my list. You know, going back to your point, I had nothing planned. I was just kind of figuring it out. And then after I left my job, shortly after I, I injured myself and I was pretty much laid out so I couldn't walk or, or do much. And that was the time where, you know, obviously kind of reflecting more on like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm mortal. <laughs> like, what do I want to do with the rest of my life kind of thing? Mm-hmm. It's like started to, to think about that more. But how many months in are we like now? Six months? Or from not, not, not like today, but like from your story point. Oh, when I from injured quitting. myself? Yeah, yeah. I was like three months. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I left, injured myself about three months after, and then, yeah. And then that was time where I couldn't do much. I couldn't, it was much harder. And mm-hmm. so that was more reflecting on, okay, what, what do I want to do with my life? You know, trying to think through that. But I don't know. I, I wonder, you know, I haven't talked to anyone who kind of left work early, but I wonder if it's like, it feels like it might be a lifelong thing to continue to figure it out and maybe re rethink about it every so often and like what, what brings fulfillment. So sort of figuring it out, but then now you're saying that you're able to like mentor some companies and do some of that stuff. So what was the transition to get there? And then also, yeah. is that what you like now? Yeah, I do. I found out like, you know, cause I was thinking about, oh, maybe I'll start something. And every time I tried to sit down to like do something, I was like, I just can't do this. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. just like, I don't have it in me. Well. You know, the remembering, <laughs> remembering the pain of it before I was just like, nope. Yeah. Uh, but You're sitting like, down. Oh, I gotta like internationalize this <laughs> and I have to like set this up and this needs to be scalable. Right. Exactly. I'm like, oh, Kill no, it. I just can't do that. But thinking about helping other people is, you know, that I'm like, okay, I'm ready to hop on a call. Let's help you, you know, and. And that I'm definitely more motivated to do. So I think that alone just shows me like, oh, okay, I should be doing more more of that. So you like when you get off those calls, you're like, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I feel good about it. I feel like where did you where do you find some of these companies to build out uh, or so, people? So some like I'd say most right now are people I know, just in my network, and mm. who you know, and so I'm helping them. Um, recently, I was like, how do you you know? I don't know how many I would want to take on and do, or I don't want it to be a full-time job, definitely. Um, but, you know, some reasonable number of hours a week. But I was like, okay, how do I find more people to do this? So I, I recently actually ran some ads. <laughs> really? Yeah, I was just like, I'll just run ads and see if I could find people who might be interested. Uh, just Google ads or? Uh, I ran some, uh, actually Reddit was was the best. Like, okay, like on our startups well. or something? Yeah, there. Um, I did some other kind of interesting stuff. <laughs> But anyway, so I actually got a bunch of people and like one company was really interesting and the guy turns out that doesn't live too far away and I've had some conversations and I think, you know, I'm going to help him, which is kind of cool. Um, so, but I, I don't want to scale. I don't want to, I don't want to like spend a ton of time, but, but I think a few, a few, you know, a handful of companies would be cool and just help people, you know, get off the ground, help try to help them make life changing money, you know? That's pretty cool. Do you think then you're, you know, 70% feeling fulfilled or, or like in a good routine or? Yeah, I definitely feel in a good routine. I feel in a good place. Um, yeah. And, I, and you know, this summer I've been traveling a ton. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm happy to be back now. I'm not traveling for a while. I'm like happy to be here and like just kind of, um, yeah, figure that stuff out that's cool yeah i feel like so i wrote down some stages that i feel like i was going through yeah yeah. after so um 
The first one I wrote down, WTF, does this even mean? Uh, or does this money mean? Because I think the first couple months, I remember being like, wow, uh, like like what you said, what are people like this supposed to do? So like what, like, what do you do now? What do you spend time on? What are you supposed to buy? And I remember asking someone that, a uh, uh, mentor, and he was like, I don't know, like whatever you want. He's like, that was, the, that was the point. And I was like, huh, like that doesn't help, but okay, I get it. Well, did you have a, did you have a goal when you were like, okay, I, I know you earlier had a goal of like making 10 million or whatever. Did you yeah. have a goal when you got there? Like, what was your goal? Cause for me in particular, I was like, I want to build a company and make a lot of money. So I never have to work again. That was my goal. Right. Really? Okay. That, that was literally what I set out. Right. And so yeah, for you, what was was there something or was no. it just a dollar amount? That was just what it was. Well, in 2013, I had written, I created a bucket list, I think with some friends at the time, and I wrote down 10 million, but I totally forgot about that <laughs> until recently. That was yeah. I had never really even thought about that amount. And when I was working in the company, it was never a I want to build this up to sell it for X or Y, whatever. It was literally just solely like I just want to be like create an awesome product and just keep selling it. In hindsight, I think I should have been more intentional about that thought process, mm-hmm. but it is what it is. So you didn't have a stage. Stage one wasn't, there was nothing there. You were, it was you never just imagined total it. dedication it totally new, to yeah. the business until it wasn't. Stage two was, all right, I need to talk to as many people as possible to go through and like research as much as I can about investing, taxes. I remember listening to a, there's a My First Million podcast interview with the Tiger 21 founder, mm-hmm. Michael Somerstein, so something like that. Yeah. And he was like, people that sell their business are really good at running whatever the company that was, but are not generally really good at managing money mm-hmm. at that scale. And so you have two things. One, you can either spend a lot of time and try to get good at it, or you obviously, you know, hand it off to somebody else and let them manage it for you. Yeah. So I figured, all right, I, I need to like get ramped up like super quick. I need to learn as much as possible. I need to figure out like what are people investing in? I need to like understand this. And I think two interesting things came from that, which I mentioned before. One, everybody is in, literally investing in a bunch of different things. There's, there's, you know, some people in real estate. So then I'm like, oh my God, like, do I need to have multifamily and storage mm-hmm. and single family homes and like renting? It seems everybody does that. And no, you know, it's like you, you don't have to do that. And if you want to, you can invest in other funds that are doing that for you. Okay. And then the other thing that was interesting was the mental aspect of when I talked to other people who had sold stuff, they kind of did welcome me. I feel like in open arms, which was cool. And like, a oh, dude, this is great. And you let me introduce you to this guy. And like, that was a kind of a cool, you know, behind the curtain, yeah. I feel like aspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But realizing that, yeah, look, I'm not going to be a CPA in, you know, 60 days of, of reading Reddit right. and like these random ass blog posts and everything. And you can also make things as complicated as you want. Like you could literally invest in the most complicated funds of funds of this and that asset and this and it's just like 
you could also do the more simplest things that you want to, and there's nothing wrong with either. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some people, it's a full-time job for them, right? You could literally yeah. make you it your full-time it job. Website, yeah. 506 forum or yeah. 503 forum, yeah. or whatever that. Yeah. People make it their full-time job. That's not what I want to spend my time. I mean, when you dove into it, did you want to spend your time doing that or no? I realized I did not like, cause I would get closer. Like someone would pitch an alternative investment, yeah, you know, and it's like, this makes sense. Is this Pete you find a big name thing or whatever. First of all, I don't know what the hell I'm reading. Like I'm like thinking about it. I'm looking for returns. Is this returns? I go to YouTube. I'm watching a video on it. Is this the, and it was the same thing for real estate. It's just like, I haven't spent the 10,000 hours in these areas. It's literally, over that, I had realized that the only edge I'm going to get is if there's somebody I know that I trust that has done something that I can either sort of follow on or invest in them. Exactly. But they were like really close and that I've known them for a long time. Well, I mean, I think that you're one step away from a wealth advisor, right? I mean, like, you know, you, you mentioned earlier that people are like, why do you go with wealth advisor? You know, like people on Reddit, right? Mm-hmm. They're so anti, but, but that's really, you know, if you find someone you trust, that has the 10,000 hours in those areas, like that's why people would go with them, right? Versus yeah. doing it yourself. Which I did go with for, I know you're working with one, I went with one for about a third, and they, what I just found the fixed income. I was just like, look, I just want to do basic 60-40 or 70-30. I can do the equities, it's pretty easy. Although this whole like tax loss harvesting is actually a little more complicated, but the fixed income stuff is crazy complicated, especially in California where there's a higher tax rate. And so that does matter to be more tax efficient. Anyway, so that was step two of trying to figure things out. Step three then was, which I think I'm in now, which is what should I be doing or doing next? I'm still working. So there's still a decent amount of stuff to like help with there. But there's a thought of like, Okay, is there just two paths? Is it I've spent all of I spent the 10,000 hours building a business. Is that my skill set? Should I just go do that again? And then there's another side though of it wasn't that great. <laughs> I, I think I think sometimes it gets romanticized as I gotta get back in, I gotta do this, like jump at this. But I remember the feelings of a key hire quits and you know, losing a bigger sale or customers complaining online or systems broken and it's literally 2 a.m. So hard to build and run a business. There's just so a lot. Hard. Yeah, and there's you a don't lot. have the expectations yeah. then, so it's probably easier. But that, when you really start to dive into it and think about it, that doesn't sound that great. <laughs> it is hard. It is really, really hard. Yeah, I mean, I spoke with someone recently, actually. He started a business. He was very successful at companies like a little bit later stage, he went IPO. So he made a bunch of money and he's like, oh, I want to start my own business. I went to lunch with him. He's like, man, I am so jealous of you being on the other side. <laughs> he's like, I'm in the thick of it right now, starting this company. He's like, it's really? awful. Yeah. He's Is like, it it's just awful. him right now, too. No, he's got a team. He raised a bunch of money. He okay. has a team. I mean, he has every advantage and he's still like, this is so hard. Yeah. You're right. It's so emotional. It's so hard. Yeah. So if, if you don't want to, Start another business. Have you thought about what you do or you're still in the thick of it? Right now, I think I'm trying to figure out, okay, the one thing I realize that's missing though is good routine. I don't, like before I'd wake up, I'd have to go to the gym because then I have to these calls and then I have to do this. And so it's like, it was very structured. 
the loss of structure, I mean, sure, there's calls and meetings and whatever, but it's still the loss of structure creates this time to think about things that you didn't have before. And I think it's easy to overthink stuff. Yeah. Some of it's good in that you could spend more time on health. Although I think, and I see this a lot with like folks, including us that sell, like we like, oh, should I, sh- look, I got the superfood I showed you before. I've got the superfood. I've got this electrolyte thing, this, this, that salt or basically yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I think I need to do the Pernovo thing. <laughs> yeah. I did this blood test thing from Peter Atia. Yeah. You know, and it's like before I'm just trying to like get Chipotle in so I could jump on this <laughs> next thing, you know, I can care less about any of this other stuff. So anyway, but how do I get the structure? So it's like, all right, gotta be up by X time do something active, whether it's going to the beach or, or working out. Okay. So I'm like creating this calendar. I was seeing that folks who really started to get into whether it's investing or getting back into read a lot. And it wasn't necessarily books as much, but they were, I was noticing they were reading a lot of just current like wall street journal, Bloomberg, financial times, these types. So I need to have a, uh, maybe an hour or two block for that. And then trying to look at the projects. So I was trying to remove all expectations and just try to do projects of, oh, due diligence on this thing, or like maybe looking at micro acquire and other like small businesses. You would, you would be interested in acquiring a company and running it, building it. I'm toying with the idea of a small thing. That's maybe a couple thousand a month, maybe a thousand a month or so. Yeah. Because I think that that helps. I think one of the problems is if going down that path, there's all of these expectations now of, you know, oh, well, the sales team and this and this and this. But if it's just small, it's fine. But keeping it within the lifestyle that I want, mm-hmm. which is I want to be done. I want to hang out when my wife comes home. I want to just like we'll watch the show or go for a walk, whatever. I don't want to be yeah. going crazy till super late. Don't want to sacrifice the health side. So, is there something that could be manicured in that? But box? why? 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 I guess why? Because you you just said business is hard. You're so, right. So I mean, it's the one of the two like, paths. So yeah. Why? You don't have to do it. Obviously, it's not financial if it's only going to be a thousand or two thousand a month. I mean, even if you build it up, yeah. I mean, maybe it gets bigger. But but like, why? Yeah. My thinking is, if I go down that to try it, and it's a smaller thing, the risk is lower. And that if I didn't want to do it, I could just stop and it phases off. But also these little projects so I could see what creates that fulfilling moment. So like writing these blog posts or doing this episode. Okay. All right. So this is like cool surfing. All right. So this is fun. Um, And that would be like a sale. That would be like an appetizer there. Got it. You want to try it to see what parts of it you might like and, yeah. See if there's something going forward that you could continue on, basically. Right. Okay. I think. I just think it's like, I have to fill the time. I mean, I think what you said earlier was key, having structure to your day and having things scheduled. Do you feel I think like you have big. good structure now? Yeah. I mean, well, I, you know, I have kids, so it's like, wake up and get them off to school, right? So that's like the start of the day. And then it's like, at the end of the day, I got to go pick them up from school, right? So it's like, I kind of have bookends that kind of keep me. And then- through, you know, through like connecting with friends, like, you know, I know Thursday I have lunch with a certain friend every Thursday or, you know, Tuesday I'm like, I'm going to be doing something with another friend. And, you know, so like 
my weeks are kind of scheduled in a way so that, yeah, I do have structure. And I think that is, is really helpful. I have like, you know, work time where I'm going to help mentor people and schedule people in there. And I think that actually is key. Do you put all that on the calendar too? I do. Yeah. I think it's key because I think when I injured myself, that all went out the window and I was just like lying around. And that's when I felt like the least useful and like Mm. the most of like, what am I doing with my life? So I think, I think that routine and having stuff more structured, I think is key. There was a paper, I think you sent it to me actually, that was, it had an exercise at the end and I'm going through it now. But the first question was at the, when you're a hundred, what do you want to look back to say that you were really good at, or you had really good experiences of, or you got good at, or your relationships were like, and like, just write all that stuff down. And so I started writing a bunch down. What what, what are some of the things that um, I said, I wanted to get, I want to be really good surfer. Okay. So I was like, all right. So if I want to do that, I need to be out in the water three times a week. Yeah. Like just, and and maybe even get a coach or something. So I was talking to this guy. It's funny. So I saw this guy coaching someone in the water the other day and I went up to him after and I was like, Hey, like, you know, I saw you're coaching people. It'd be great to, to work together. So I got his Instagram. I messaged him. I saw his website and honestly it sucked. So I was like, (laughs) Hey, it was really hard to actually find you like, or a surf coach that was like a, like a kind of beginner to intermediate coach. Yeah. But I saw you out there and that's what you do. So have you thought about improving like your SEO stuff? (laughs) You're going to swap lessons for, for SEO or (laughs) I was thinking that, but I was also like, this would be a kind of a fun project. And so I create, I wrote this like huge long guide, a couple pages of here's what you need to do to improve your rankings for, you know, Santa Monica surf coach, uh, Los Angeles surf coach. Like I found all the keywords and then wrote up all this content stuff to put on your website. So did that get you energized? Like being like, I'm going to help this guy and like. Kinda. It was fun. I think it was just fun to do. A little bit of me wanted him to to be like, all right, cool. I'll pay you just to do it. <laughs> and I think I get, I honestly think I get off a little bit on like those little amounts of money like that. Yeah. That's cool. But I mean, it, I, I like that. kind of cool. I mean, that's like win and help win, right? You're going to help this guy yeah. win. And, and like, I doubt he'll ever, yeah. I, I doubt he'll yeah. never do anything with it. Right. But anyway, so I was like, I need to get a coach. And then there's just like other bucket list types things that I was like, I need to, so I wanted to go scuba. All right, I got to get Patty certified. I want to do sailing lessons so I can rent boats. Because so I was like, it would be cool to take friends or family out on a sailing boat whenever. Like, oh, we don't have anything to do. You guys want to just like, go rent a sailboat and we'll go. So I found the spot in Marina Del Rey and I just have a tab. I just have to actually book it. But that's awesome. Anyway, it was a cool exercise to, to start creating that framework. Mm-hmm. Do you think those things will help give you meaning? You think he's going to give you more direction by saying, okay, these are the things I want to focus on. And then I'd hope so. Yeah. That's, I think, stage four. Cause there'll be a point where I'll leave this company fully. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to have that crafted yeah. so that there isn't a gap of now figure it out. Yeah. Cause now I still have a bit of structure, which is good. Yeah. But then fully on your own. I think that makes sense. So anyway. Sounds like a good exercise. I should probably do that. (laughs) I mean, I feel like you're almost in the fourth stage, basically, which is, you know, doing, spending all the time doing stuff that gives you energy. I'm getting there. Getting there. (laughs) All right. So hopefully those four stages, good. 
Actually, I don't know. Maybe I'll save this for next episode. I've got thoughts on inheritance. That's a good um, one. With kids, it's kind of interesting. Bill Perkins did a webinar recently and talked about this from his Die With Zero book. And then I've also got off of the health stuff. There's a lot to talk about there. On the health stuff? <laughs> yeah, there's All a right. lot to talk about. So you, have you <laughs> dove in quite a bit? I've, yes. I've kind of dived, yeah. I've okay. I've into some of that and- all right, we'll do it's it. I'm going to save these then for the next episode. All right, well, this is fun. Thanks for listening to uh, After the Exit. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye-bye. <laughs>